Welcome to episode three of Blackouts to Breakthroughs. And by this title, I'm sure you're well aware that we're diving into a pretty heavy topic today. And I really just feel so called to share this part of my story. And the reason that I'm sharing this right off the bat at the beginning of the launch is because this is one of the main reasons why I feel like God placed a podcast on my heart so heavily. Also, after doing some research on what other podcasts there were talking about the topic of abortion, I literally just felt like an even bigger fire and flame in my belly to really just speak on this topic. Again, I know this is a heavy subject and I personally have friends, good friends that I know that have also gone through the same thing and I know there's probably some of you, either you've had an abortion, maybe you're thinking about getting abortion or maybe you're just somebody who supports uh, women being able to have an abortion or maybe you're somebody who is 100% against it and so I just invite each and every one of you to the table, to this conversation just to really hear my heart on this as we dive into this conversation. Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. So this isn't the first time that I'm sharing it publicly. I actually shared it publicly for the first time when I was at a women's conference that my church was putting on and it was not something that I was planning on doing. I can tell you that right now, but I was in my seat and I felt this overwhelming sensation all over my body. Like it's so hard to explain. Like I was getting so hot and sweaty and my armpits, you know, when your armpits are sweating, like I was like sweating and I bet if people looked at me, they were like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with her. Like, I don't know. It was just something inside me and I had like this was like my third availability to speak out because they were inviting we it was broken up in sessions and so we had a speaker come and she would speak on a topic and we would go through our workbook and then we'd have like a discussion open time where women would share like their biggest takeaway or like their biggest ahas and just that sort of thing and so I had like two other times before this time to share and this was I knew it was my last time because this was at the end of the conference and it was like I could not not share like I had to raise my hand I was literally shaking, but I couldn't shake off the Holy Spirit telling me to speak up and share my story. And so I did. And when I tell you, it was so freeing. It was so freeing. I felt so much support and love. Like I had fears of what other people would say, what other people would think. They would look at me differently. And those are my biggest fears as I was sitting in my chair. And what was really sparking this is the topic that we were talking about was around do we fear man and what man think of us or what man will do to us or do we fear God? And they were, it was, it brought up this this question of is there a moment in your life where you feared man so much that it made a life-altering decision and the abortion that I had was the first thing that came to my mind 
we'll dive into that within this episode. I just wanted to really share the different places that I've shared this story because this was years, like four or five years after it happened, after it took place, I would say like five or six. Um, I was a sophomore in college, now I'm 25. I'm not great at doing yearly math, but that was so apparent to me. The biggest impression that I left with was, you know, I felt called, right? Sometimes God calls us to do something scary and we can't see the outcome. We can't see what's going to happen on the other side. But I took that first step. I took that leap of faith. For me, it was a huge leap because it was something that I had buried away. It was something that I had in the dark. It was something that nobody ever had to know, right? Nobody ever had to know that part of my story. And that's what I was wanting it to be. I didn't, I was not planning on sharing it ever, but it just, it just really showed me how whenever we take that first step in trusting God and trusting the gut feeling and trusting what he tells us to do, that first step of obedience, he will take over and give you the strength and the boldness to be able to do the thing that he calls you to do. When I tell you, I don't even remember what I said. Like, I honestly wish somebody had it on video because I would honestly love to have that moment, but I do not remember what I said at all. Like when I tell you the Holy Spirit literally took over, I didn't even say an um, like it was, it was just, it just flew out of me, my story. And I didn't know that that was even in me. I never even thought about what I would say whenever I did share it. There was even an older woman in the room who came over to me and she shared her story with me too. And I just felt so comforted. I felt like we connected over a time in our lives where we were lost, confused, vulnerable, and over something that we wanted to carry around in shame. But seeing her with the people around in the room, knowing her story and her coming over to me and giving me words of wisdom and encouragement just made all the difference for me. And so I share my story because I understand from the other side, being on the other side of the mic or the story, the situation, what speaking up and sharing your testimony can do for the other person. What happened to me in that room and the response that I got, it felt like it was an example of how Jesus responded to me when I brought it to him. The second time I shared my story was on my Instagram profile at Danielle in Mason. It's my personal Instagram and I was really seeing all these posts on social media, pro-life, pro-choice and just all this stuff and one of my biggest prayers at the time was god break my heart for what breaks yours and he he was he was he was molding me he was he was molding me and i could feel it as i was watching these these posts and it really just broke my heart seeing these people that i knew seeing people that i didn't know really talk about this topic and i knew if i was feeling that i knew other people were too but it was just again feeling god telling me to step up and step out on faith to share. And so I shared on my Instagram stories about my experience and about me having an abortion. And it was after I visited the Creation Museum in Kentucky. They had a beautiful, beautiful exhibit around the life of a baby, the life of a human being. And I'll share a little bit, tidbits of that a little later in this episode too, but I just really wanted to set the tone of this is the third way that I'm sharing is through this podcast. Finally, you know, um, something that's been on my heart for a while. And so I'm happy to be able to really share my heart in depth on this subject. 
And what I want to do is I want to start with giving you more context into what I experienced physically getting an abortion because that was actually one of the biggest questions that I got was how was your process like? Like, did they give you aftercare? Did they, you know, were they there whenever you were going through the abortion? And I wasn't expecting that that was something people wanted to know. And so I'm going to dive into that and I'm going to dive into, you know, my thought process before, during, after the abortion and now today. So if you've listened in on the last couple episodes, you know where I was mentally, emotionally throughout college and you're kind of having hints around my toxic relationship that I had with my ex-boyfriend at the time. We had dated for like four to five years. We started dating in like the eighth grade middle school and went throughout high school. And so we were doing the hookup thing, you know, freshman and sophomore year in college and I got pregnant and I was freaking so scared. I think I was 20 years old. I was 20 years old and I was really scared. The only person that knew was my roommate at the time and we had called her mom and she was really there for me. They were both really there for me, and I just didn't really know, like, what to do. It was obvious I didn't want to be pregnant. It was obvious, like, I couldn't, I did not want to have the baby, and I believed that it was, like, no other option but in an abortion. Like, that was my only option in my mind, and thinking from, you know, this emotional perspective as well of having ties forever to this person that I was having that was it was toxic and that was also something that I was like I don't want to be tied to this person and it's crazy really thinking about it because obviously you know looking back I don't have ties to this person yet I am hooking up with him and allowing him to to have access to me and it's just this it's a whole hookup culture thing it's It's something I'm very passionate about because I lived through and I can see now being outside of it how toxic and detrimental and damaging it is to us, to people. So I went to, it was a uh, pregnancy center and I met an individual there. She was a doctor and she was really just talking to me like a person. She was talking to me like I was her daughter, like I was a friend and it was honestly a really great experience, the one that we had where I was in my college town and she shared with me a story that she didn't ever share before with anybody and she shared that with me and that was a little sliver of light that I felt of of like kind of hope like I felt hopeful that I could have this baby and that was the only time that I felt that way she shared with me how she got pregnant when she was 20 and she was in college and she was basically on her own um and she actually had reached out to her dad that she didn't talk to in a very long like for years they weren't their relationship was not good and that was kind of my story with my dad at this point and she said he was the last person that I thought that would support me but he did support me and so she was talking about how she had a beautiful little boy and she's in a career now she went to med school and her son was her best thing that ever happened to her and she said she never shared that story but just we connected on that level and she shared that with me and that was whenever I felt like okay I may could have this baby but going out of that environment and going back into an environment of college an environment of where 
okay, I have school, I want to party, I want to have my life ahead of me, I want to be able to travel, I don't want to be tied down with a kid, and I was told that I wasn't going to get support if I kept the baby, Um, and it was something that really scared me, like I just was scared that I wasn't going to be able to take care of this baby, um, much less take care of myself, and I felt like it was going to rob me of my life that I had literally planned I had planned like I was going to be a successful person and so I ended up deciding to get an abortion I traveled back home I got it was the closest abortion clinic to me um and so I went got seen well actually let me back up I do want to kind of share this was a, a question that I got from somebody and they asked me were there people outside of the clinic like you know nagging you or like you know, what was that like? And when I pulled up, I saw the people protesting outside of it and I immediately started crying. Um, It was just this like, this pressure on me, not like pressure to do anything, but like this pressure, like as soon as like I was walking through the doors of the clinic, it was like this, this darkness, like this dark cloud over the entire area, over the entire building, over me. And there was this one lady and she was like, she was she was a protester but she was a very peaceful one and I could tell but at this point I was just bawling crying and she told me I remember she said this doesn't have to be this isn't your only option but at that point I had already made my decision you know I'd already made my decision and I just wanted to get it over with so I can get out of there and that be done with it I wanted to just move past this and so I went I got seen um they gave me pain pills and they gave me the pill to kill my baby and so I went I traveled back to my college town Um, My roommate was actually out of town whenever I was going to go through this process. And so I actually had a really good friend of mine. He came over and he stayed with me while I was going through this process. I was high off of pain pills. I don't know how, what the time it was. I don't know like how long I was very in and out of sleep. And I felt bad that he had to like stay there with me. And so he was watching Futurama. um, And I just told him, I was like, you know, it's fine. Like I was fine um because at this point I didn't really feel any pain I just felt very like I felt like cramping but it wasn't like super bad pain because I was like really numb off the pain meds and so he left and it was really hard to tell like when the baby came out and so every time I'd get up to go pee I just was like okay is it this time is it this time and there was just blood and then finally I remember it was I, I finally felt like a little bigger clump so they were like little clumps and so they said you're gonna feel a bigger clump with the baby passing through and so I remember I felt it I looked down but I didn't look at it a lot at all I just like okay I think that's it flush the toilet and I don't really remember it's it was really hard and foggy to remember I was definitely very high off the pain meds um, but I definitely do remember that and so that was it that was my experience um, through the abortion what I was feeling up to that point and honestly right after actually I do have one story that I want to say of before so I had decided I was going to get an abortion but I hadn't got it yet and this is just like 
I just share this because I, I just really want to be so real with you and to share like where I was at mentally. And so I decided I was going to get an abortion and we were, st- I was still, I was like, okay, I, once I decided, I was like, okay, I made a decision. It's going to happen. This is going to be it. And you know, there was a night, it was a weekend and my friends, we were all, you know, getting ready to go to the bars and all that stuff. And you know, I was drinking and because I already made that decision in my mind, like this baby doesn't exist. And I got blackout like I got drunk I had already made the decision in my mind like okay this baby is not a part of me this baby is this I'm not carrying this baby and so I made that decision then and there and my actions really showed that and so I just wanted to share that too so after the abortion after everything I felt relieved I felt like okay that's done like I'm gonna like chill out I'm gonna be careful like that I can't have that happen again mostly because I wouldn't be able to afford it uh, because the pill f- to kill the baby was about $800 and so that was it I was like I don't want to go through that again like I didn't have any like moral like like feeling or like regret or anything like I honestly felt relieved and so I just continued with my life I didn't really think twice about it it was just over right And so I didn't really start thinking about it until I was in my walk with God and, you know, really diving just deeper into reading my word and just getting involved with the church and things like that. And I was still very much like pro choice because of my beliefs and my not really my beliefs but because of my personal experience and because I I had a personal experience with it and because I felt like so sure like okay it's my body it's my choice like I could have totally altered my life and I had all this blame on like being pregnant but I didn't once like take that blame and say you know this is I was the person that got pregnant and I was well aware of what can happen if I'm having unprotected sex I can get pregnant because that's how our bodies are made and I didn't really start thinking about my abortion until recently until like the last less than a year honestly because actually at this point last year I was very much like you know I would think about it whenever there'd be posts on social media of people posting things about abortion and I remember like looking at you know friends that I that I followed and they'd post like these like repost these pro uh, life posts and it would make me feel like kind of like resentment towards them not like full-on resentment but I'd be like oh seriously like they don't even understand like they're just posting these things and they don't understand like people like me they don't understand people that went through the process of getting an abortion they don't have a right to speak about the topic because they've probably never been through it themselves and that was my mindset behind it and so the only times that I would think about my abortion is whenever I would see other people posting about it through social media and that was really what ignited is like you know what like this is my stance and like you can't speak on this subject if you don't have a personal experience with it like who are you to tell and dictate what I can do with my body and that was my stance on it this was literally last year in 2021 that's how I felt and moving into like within like the last I would say maybe six to seven months my position has changed and it's so wild how this will probably be a whole nother episode but 
how God can just mold you and like really shift your desires and shift your beliefs and just shift your heart on things like it's so insane shift your opinions and so it wasn't really until I got involved with an online bible study it was through I guess I would maybe call him like a spiritual mentor of mine or biblical mentor of mine. He's a Christian author. And um, I was introduced to him through my sister Delaney because she actually ended up getting baptized this past year. And um, she started going to a church. She gave her life to Christ. I'm going to have her on as a guest too. And she introduced me to him. And so he was actually, we were reading in Exodus and he, we were on just God's laws and just the topics around why God created the laws and regulations and guidelines that he did. One thing he said that really resonated with me, being somebody who was super rebellious because I wanted to have full freedom over my life with no rules at all, he said God puts up guardrails to protect us. Everything that's written as law is set up to protect things that has value and you have value. Every single one of you listening right now is so incredibly valued by God. Think about a bank, for example. They have a vault in the back to protect the money, the treasures, the gold, because it's something that's valuable to those banks. Think about things that you have protected and vaulted up in your home. Things that you value because you don't want them to get dirty or broken or damaged or stolen. We protect things that have value to us. So God's law is there to protect his children. It's not to restrict us from having fun. It's not to show that he's in full power and control over us. It's because he loves us and he wants the best for us. And so we were talking about abortion. We're talking about current events and how they're related, how different current events that are happening in the world are related to the high level and high levels of people getting an abortion. There's millions and millions and millions of babies getting aborted every single year. And it's honestly insane when you really think about it. That was whenever I really started to think about and ref- and and honestly, I being real, I, I I felt convicted and I felt like my beliefs. I want them to line up with the truth. I want them to line up with the only thing that's true today, with the only thing that'll stand the test of time, with the way our creator created this world to be. And so I had to do internal checking and I had to personally like go to the Lord and say, God, like I'm laying this out at your feet. And I, again, like at, before this point I had, you know, repented of it and I felt like I was forgiven. Like I felt that I felt like I was forgiven, you know, when I got baptized um, in August of 2021. And I, I felt that already, but it was just the, my beliefs around it. And it was what was changing because I was actually reading the word. And so most of the podcasts I've recorded before the overturning of Roe versus Wade and some of it I've inserted pieces after the overturning and I've gotten a chance to see certain social media posts, what people are saying. And one of those things being people were upset by being Bible thumped or they would say, I don't care about what your Bible says or what scripture says. And I totally get it. Those are my thoughts exactly whenever I was sitting on social media a couple years ago and seeing all these posts. I didn't really care what the word of God said. So I want you to know that this next portion I'm going to be sharing scripture because that's where we must go to find truth. My opinion doesn't matter. It's not about what I think at all and it's not about what you think. 
It's about what our creator thinks. And being rebellious children that may be hurt or super passionate about a certain topic, we may not want to go to God. We may not want to go to our creator to ask him what he thinks. I found myself doing that when I wanted to continue having sex with whoever I wanted. I didn't want to go and ask God what he thought because I didn't want to hear the answer, right? And so we do that. We tend to do that. An example with your mom. You don't want to ask your mom for permission. You know the saying, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. The same concept applies because when we don't want to know the answer to something, we're not going to ask the question. And so I had to confront the fact that I was in rebellion because I didn't want to go to God and ask what he thought because I thought what I knew was best and I wanted to base my truth and my beliefs off of my own experience and my feelings. But I quickly learned that society is ever-changing. My thoughts are forever changing. My beliefs and opinions on things are forever changing. But the one thing that never changed and that stays the same forever is the word of God, is what scripture says. And so as a believer, if we have a question, that's where we should go to find the answer, not to the people around us or to social media. I'm going to share a couple of things um, that I that I saw and that I learned at the Creation Museum exhibit in Kentucky whenever I went because they had this beautiful exhibit laid out and they just made it so filled with truth and grace and just facts and they shared different counter arguments with things and I really want to share parts of the exhibit that really touched me and that clearly states what God's vision and creation is and his purpose of each and every one of us and so I'm gonna read a couple of things that I learned from there too and so at the beginning of the exhibit they were really sharing you know God's word teaches that the unborn child is a unique person and fully human and they are also depicted as being just as valuable as those who have already been born and as I'm going through this I really encourage you to no matter what your stance is to just really listen with an open mind right to really listen listen with an open mind and after you listen and after you hear things you know whatever you choose to believe after this or moving forward is totally up to you I'm just really sharing what I have learned through this process of being somebody who has gone through it personally being somebody who was a Christian and gave her life to Jesus and still supported abortion to being somebody now that I see from a biblical standpoint and perspective of God's heart on this A story that they shared while pregnant with Jesus, Mary visited her relative Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptist. Elizabeth explained that something special happened when Mary greeted her. And this is Luke 1, 43 to 44. And who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. How beautiful is that? You've ever been, you know, gone through a pregnancy. You felt the baby moving. You felt the baby leaping. And I'm going to get to the stages that I was at during my pregnancy whenever I did decide to have the abortion. And I learned through this exhibit they had different stages from conception to how the baby grows in our wombs and so for me I found out that I was pregnant at about the 28 days of life and at this point the baby already had a heartbeat I actually heard it he or she already had a brain and a nervous system and had been forming his or her eyes and ears at that time that I found out I was pregnant 
And then it was about 40 days of life. And this was whenever I went through my abortion about the time. The eyes and the ears were forming still and hands, arms, and feet and legs were starting to be recognized. And three weeks after this, we would have been able to know if it was a boy or a girl. And it's obviously, it's a human being. It's a little baby human being, no matter how small it was. It was already developing everything, a full nervous system. So they felt the pain. They felt them being sucked out of their little home within my womb and they felt all of that and we have to really look at this from an objective standpoint not subjective with feelings but looking at it with an an objective standpoint and look at the facts and what science tells us and what the word tells us. Another thing they shared in the exhibit was the Mosaic Law, and this was the law of retribution. And it's prescribed for a person who injures or kills an unborn child, showing that the unborn child is viewed with the same dignity and value as one who has been born. And so it's shared in Exodus 21, 22 to 25. If men fight and hurt a woman with a child so that she gives birth prematurely, yet no harm follows, he shall surely be punished according as the woman's husband imposes on on him and the judges determine but if any harm follows then you shall give life for life eye for eye and this really shows the value of the unborn child of the human in their mother's womb of it is a person it is valued with the same dignity as a born child and this was another beautiful thing that I never really thought about in this way they shared when the son of God came to earth in human flesh he did not come as a grown man Instead, after being miraculously conceived in Mary, he grew and developed in the womb for roughly nine months before being born. This is Matthew 1.23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. How beautiful is that? God could have came down as a grown man, but he was conceived just like each and every one of us who are alive and breathing today through being developed in nine months in the womb. This one's going to be for my science people out there. You know, the question of when does human life begin is such a big question, right? And from a medical standpoint, there is only one logical answer. Life begins at fertilization when the chromosomes from the sperm and the egg combine, forming a genetically unique individual. That is when human life begins from a medical standpoint. And with our medical knowledge of this process, it has caused the debate to shift from when does life begin to when does personhood begin or when do the unborn feel pain? But these questions avoid the real issue. Whether one refers to the unborn as an embryo, fetus, or baby, we learn from God's word that a human being made in the image of God is growing and developing within the mother from the moment of fertilization. And this was something else that they shared. It was with Roe versus Wade. On January 22nd in 1973, the Supreme Court of the United States rendered a 7-2 ruling in Roe versus Wade that essentially legalized abortion throughout the country by striking down state and federal regulations against the procedure. As of January 2020, an estimated 60 million legal abortions have been performed in the United States. This is more than the population of California and New York combined. And as I was reading that, it was just mind-blowing to me. Like, 
how easily accessible it is and that's only for the United States like imagine in third world countries I was talking to a friend of mine who was visiting Haiti I believe and she was saying they don't have birth control their birth control is abortion and it's just it's mind-boggling to me that these are the statistics and the numbers for the United States like imagine the world at large it really makes me feel God's heavy heart with this and over the way that we are operating in ways of the world and we're moving so far away from the life that he created for us this is something that was super helpful for me as well because maybe you're asking yourself a couple of these other counter arguments that I was also asking myself too and I would have asked to my pro-life friends the counter argument the embryo or fetus is just a clump of cells at the exhibit it was demonstrating and like I shared whenever I had my abortion with the ultrasound I heard the heartbeat at the time I was getting my abortion it it shows that this argument is very outdated with all the medical device and equipment that we have Another one is, it's a woman's body, so it should be her choice. And this was such a huge one. And this was something that I would say that I actually literally posted last year and say, you know, it's my, it's, it's the woman's body. It's the mother's body. It's her choice. Who are you to put laws on her body? Right? I literally remember posting that. And this is what they said. The baby does develop inside of the mother whose baby undergoes significant changes, but the baby is not part of the mother's body. A pregnant woman's body does not have four arms, four legs, and two heads. Abortion destroys the baby's body, not the mother's body. So true. Again, I encourage you to look at this not from a subjective and feeling standpoint, but from an objective, factual standpoint. Another counter argument, what if a woman became pregnant through rape or incest? And I know this is very, very, very sensitive. And I've never personally been in this situation. But again, really living based off the word is where we should always find ourselves. And they said, in these tragic situations, the baby should not be killed for someone else's immoral act. Also, rare situations like these should not be used as justification for abortion on demand at any time and for any reason. So although it does happen, most of the time that is not the case with the abortions that are going on. Another counter argument, the baby won't have a good life because they will be poor, disabled, etc. They said, human value is not based on one's socioeconomic status or health. Offering the baby for adoption is a godly alternative for families who believe they are incapable of raising a child at the time. I definitely was very well aware that adoption could be a thing, but I just didn't want to go through the effects of being pregnant and the idea of what people were going to say to me what people were going to think about me what I was so afraid of what people were going to think of me and how people were going to see me and perceive me like I didn't want to be the pregnant the girl that got pregnant at 20 years old and I just want to take this moment and like literally shout from the rooftops if you were a mom who had a baby while you were in high school while you were in college while you were in your early 20s in your teens I just want to say I have so much respect for you I have so much respect for you going through with the pregnancy and just I know you probably took heat. I know people probably looked at you and talked about you, but all of that doesn't even matter. You know, we could get so caught up in what people are going to say or think, but 
You're just a beautiful and true example of you continuing with life and facing the reality of it and not running from it. And so I just have to say, you're just, I literally just respect you so, so, so much. Another argument they had was pro-lifers just want to control women's bodies. They said the pro-life movement is not about controlling a woman's body. In fact, many people in the movement are women, and more than half of aborted babies are female. The primary objection to abortion is that the procedure kills a human being. I love how they really relate it all back to this is the objective. It's the procedure kills a human being. That's just the fact. All these other counter arguments, it's dancing around that sole fact of when you have an abortion, you're killing a human baby. Another counter argument is it is inconsistent to be pro-life while being in favor of the death penalty. And I never really gave this much thought on this one, but I have seen people post about it. And so I love what they said with this one too. They said, this argument attempts to change the subject by introducing an irrelevant topic. Abortions end the life of the most innocent of lives, while the death penalty is reserved for violent criminals. Another counter-argument I've seen since the overturning of Roe vs. Wade are people stating that if the church cares so much about the unborn, why don't they do more for them? And to those people, I would first ask, what church or churches are you attending? Do you know what you're speaking on? Because it is the churches who have ministries and outreach programs specifically for pregnant women who need assistance. The churches are on scene helping pregnant women throughout the world. The church I personally attend at this time directly supports our community pregnancy center. So I would just encourage you, before you post something, before you believe something as fact, before you get angry, to educate yourself around what you make statements against before you throw around claims like that. So I really wanted to share those because I thought that they explained it and really touched on those counter arguments really, really well. And I know if you're somebody like who I was a couple years ago, like those are the arguments that I had and my heart was very, very hardened to hear like the other side of the argument because I felt like I was being attacked. I felt like I was being, you know, not heard. And I felt all these things when that was very, I was coming at the at the topic of abortion very subjectively with feelings and I needed to really take a step back honestly just surrender to Jesus and to really let him change me and transform me and you know that transformation didn't happen in a one single moment it happened as I was continuing to seek truth and to seek him and I really want to end here with they have this last point of maybe you know you're somebody who has gotten an abortion and you're somebody who knew all this stuff already and you're like then y'all already know I know this stuff and I feel guilt I feel shame I feel like I don't want to share I don't want anybody to know I regret it maybe that's you and I just want to say God still loves you God loves you so much and this question is asked so many times by people who have struggled to come to grips with their past and this could be anything not just on the topic of abortion people that were major addicts you know to drugs or alcohol or you know maybe murdered somebody or robbed or whatever it might be like these people if you're struggling with any of these things this message is for you too 
And the truth is that, you know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God in Romans 3:23. Humans have rebelled against our perfectly holy God in every single way imaginable. Lying, theft, rape, murder, etc. And we deserve to be judged for our sins. We all do. And other than Jesus, our biblical heroes were flawed individuals. Jacob deceived people. Rahab lived as a prostitute. And Peter denied Jesus three times. Moses, David, and Paul wrote large sections of the Bible, yet they either murdered people or condemned innocent people to death. But all these people found God's love, grace, and forgiveness. And that is what I want you to bold in your mind. And that is what I want you to write on your wall or a sheet of paper on your journal or wherever you need to hear it on your mirror and read it every single day and know with all your mind and heart that God loves you and that he gives grace and he gives forgiveness. And you find all that not in people, but in him. And sometimes it's difficult. And this is what they said. It's sometimes difficult to understand why God would be willing to forgive people who have done terrible things. But this notion overlooks the fact that every sin is a crime against our creator and it fails to account for his amazing love for humanity. We are broken people who do not even know how to truly love. Like, yes, we're created in God's image, but the love, we can't even understand the love God has for us. You can't even understand the love God has for you because we, we're only human. We don't understand. He has such a huge, enormous amount of love for all of humanity. He loves his creation and he has provided the means for us to be forgiven. Jesus Christ, the son of God, died in our place on the cross, paying for the penalty of our sins. Then he demonstrated his power over death when he rose from the grave. Forgiveness of sins and eternal life are promised to whoever believes in him. That's John 3, 15 through 18 and Acts 10, 43. I want to end with two things. One being... I can really confidently say with all my heart that I feel truly forgiven. I feel truly forgiven and redeemed and I feel like God has washed me white of that. I feel like that is a part of my story and he knew I was going to make that decision and he saw this happening for me and I just encourage you, you know, whatever your story looks like, it doesn't have to be abortion. It could be something else, whatever it looks like, whatever is in your past don't let it hold shame over you. Don't let it hang over your head. Set yourself free from it. Because like I said, God loves you and he wants the best for you. And I want to end with this, these couple of questions. This debate with abortion, it really lies at the line of worldview and biblical view. And we all have a worldview, you know, we all have a worldview. My worldview is going to be different than your worldview because you have a different upbringing than me. You have different experiences than me, vice versa. And so it really boils down to these three questions. Question number one, who has the right to tell you what to do? And then two, who knows what is best for me to do? And the last question, who loves me and wants what is best for me? How many times have you thought to yourself, I know what's best for me, no one else knows? We literally start to rebel against our parents as soon as we can. Or maybe some of you guys didn't, but I, for one, was definitely a rebellious child. So it was like second nature to me. Thinking about those times that you've rebelled and thinking about those times where you thought you knew what was best for you. You're like, I know what's best for me. But it turned out you didn't end up making the best of choices. Yeah, I've been there too. 
It's literally in our nature to rebel. When somebody tells you not to do something, what do you tend to do? You want to do it. It's in our nature to rebel. And I just really encourage you to really think about those questions. Maybe you're struggling with something that I said. I know I definitely don't have all the all the love from every single listener around this topic for sure. Not everybody agrees with me and I totally get that. I understand. And I just really encourage you to ponder on those questions. You know, who has the right to tell you what to do? Who knows what is best for you to do and who loves you and wants what is best for you? And the only person that has all three is your creator, is Jesus. He is your perfect father and he created you in his image and he knows your fears he knows your struggles he knows your thoughts he knows the deeper innermost parts of you that you don't even know yourself man there's gonna be things that god's gonna reveal to me like there's parts of me that are still healing that he's got to reveal to me that he already knows he knows me better than i know me because he created me no one fulfills those questions like god the father can like jesus like the holy spirit what god values most is you is your heart, is your spirit, is your soul, is you. He values you the most over all things. And so I just want to leave you with that. I hope this was an encouragement, no matter what your story is, no matter why, whatever reason you clicked on this episode. And I just really hope that you heard my heart on this. I hope that my story encourages you to make whatever that next step for you is, whether it be to talk to a friend or to talk to a family member that you trust or to talk to a therapist or to talk to a pastor or whoever it is. I hope this encourages you to take that next step. And I'm going to leave you with Isaiah 50. 112 to 13. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mere mortals, human beings who are but grass, that you forget the Lord your maker, who stretches out the heavens and who lays the foundations of the earth, that you live in constant terror every day because of the wrath of the oppressor, who is bent on destruction? For where is the wrath of the oppressor? I love that verse. That verse means so much to me, especially in those moments where I felt like I needed comfort, where I felt like all this shame and this heavy baggage over me, when I would fear what other people would think for a real example, like with this podcast. I started having fear around what other people were going to say about me or think about me. If my friends were going to think that I thought I was better than them because of what I was sharing. And so sometimes I can get in my own head about things too. And this verse reminds me that every answer always points to the Lord. It always points to God. He's our comforter. We have to remind ourselves, and this is such a big reminder I have to remind myself, but who is man to be fearful of? We can get so caught up in what the people around us are going to think or say about us, so much so that we forget what God is telling us, that we forget what God has told us. He is the Almighty. He is everlasting. Things of this world are all temporary. So I literally ask myself, are my eyes set on things of this world? Or are they set on eternal places? We don't have to live every single day with this heavy baggage and anxiety and depression and fear of what other people are going to say or think about us if we do something because we have the Lord our God. And I have to remind myself, Jesus was persecuted. If you're a believer, he tells us that we will be as well. And so I just encourage you 
Whether this message for you was about just seeing a different perspective, hearing my story, needing this message because you yourself have dealt or going through an abortion, or whatever you took from this message, the biggest reminder that I can tell you is to set your eyes on the heavenly places. And don't forget who the Lord your maker is and who your savior is. By the way, if you are somebody who does have a story of abortion that they want to share, definitely please reach out at blackouts to breakthroughs on Instagram and we can go ahead and set up an appointment for you to share your story on blackouts to breakthroughs. I'm sure there are people that really need to hear your story and I'd love to be able to give you the opportunity to be able to do that and just to connect with you further. Thank you for finishing another episode of blackouts to breakthroughs. Until next time, have an amazing week. All right, let's bring it in, giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you until next time, friend.